This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com. Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Tom Brown. This is Koinonia. Continuing the conversation, you know where my heart is on uh, on foster care awareness, uh, where we're at in the state when I remember when, you know, it was uh, a four-digit number. Uh, that's how long that I've been talking about this here on KPXQ over the years. Uh, last year, we did see, hopefully, prayerfully, it kind of topped out, and now the number's slightly going down. But I don't know if you can really say, you know, going down to 17,000-plus kids in the system is really uh, making progress. But at least we're not falling further and further behind. Vicki Isaac, president and CEO of We Are Their Future, is my guest. Now, this is kind of neat because Vicki and I, well, do we need to tell them how long we've known each other? No, never. We're okay. just really young people. But let's just let's just say that when we first met a few years ago, uh, we realized that we both were Res Band fans. So the, for the small, small portion of people out there that have any clue what that is, that will give you an insight of how long Vicky and I have known each other. Because I don't think anybody even knows uh, what I'm talking about when I say Res Band, but. Uh, Vicki, you have been uh, instrumental for so many years in doing so many great projects, uh, working here in the state of Arizona. Uh, tell me about what God has you doing right now. Okay. Well, most recently I was the director of communications for the Arizona Department of Child Safety. And while doing that, my heart was just broken for for these kids and, and um, in, in so many ways, a, a system that is overwhelmed, as Tom was saying. And so um, I left really believing that there's so much of this that the everyday person in Arizona can step up and make a difference. So mm -hmm. I started a citizens-led initiative called We Are Their Future that says, hey, everyone can do something and yeah. everyone should. And I truly believe that if Arizonans really knew how great the need and actually where to put their hands to right. make a difference, they would step up and do something about it. I know, I know, you know, at 19,000, that was a number that's like, well, how can I help? What can I do? I, even if I took and, uh, you know, opened up my home to 10 foster kids, how's that even going to help? Uh, but you can't think like that. Uh, but we also need to provide practical, uh, actionable things that every listener right now can do. That's absolutely right. So when when I left, I thought, where where are the places that are broken that we can say it's really not government's responsibility to be raising children? <laughs> government doesn't make a good parent. And the role there is is safety, public safety, keeping children safe. But it's our responsibility to make sure that these vulnerable children are loved, cared for, safe, mm -hmm. 
and raised by families. And so if you think about us as Christians, so often we're going to Africa or we're, we're going off to long-term missions. And I've mm-hmm. been there. I've been yeah. to Africa twice. And it's wonderful. But we have orphans here in our backyard. And so if you look at what Jesus said about true religion taking care of widows and orphans in James, it's James 1.27, as believers, we have to step up. So the short version of this is that uh, you can foster, you can adopt, you can volunteer, or you can donate. But the point is that everyone can do something mm-hmm. and everyone should. It's it's really up to us. And the first step, I believe, is to meet the needs of the kids who are in care and get them out of care. Yeah. A cooperation of different entities has something, you know, you would have thought that this would have been um, common sense and commonplace, but it hasn't been. But we've started to see a little bit of a change here in Arizona, and that's really encouraging businesses getting involved in solving some of these issues. Government saying, you know, uh, church, we would like your help. Uh, church is saying, hey, we won't dictate what we do. You tell us what you need. Uh, schools saying, yes, we are overwhelmed. We could use your help. It kind of starts with admitting that, hey, we need each other's help. But let's not forget that God created us to commune one with another. Koinonia, that's the name of this program. That's the foundation. The early church used it to describe their fellowship, koinonia, to work together, uh, to fellowship together. And that's really what you're talking about is how the community as a whole can come together. Absolutely right. So there's two things that we do. The first is that through public awareness, through education, we're sharing about the children, the actual children, not just numbers, but mm-hmm. these are real kids, and they want to know they're, they're loved and they matter. What can we specifically do, and how do you do it? Because there's so many people who just think, this is too big, and I don't know where to start, mm-hmm. and that system's so broken, and I can't get involved. Well, all the practical steps are on our website about fostering and about adopting. People don't even know that you can directly adopt from the foster care system. Mm-hmm. They think you have to foster and, and then through that process adopt, but that's right. just not the case. You can directly adopt from foster care. So we're, we're engaging citizens to do those four things, foster, adopt, volunteer, and donate, and our website has all that stuff. But then we're supporting the agencies who are working, short-staffed, short-funded. So any mm-hmm. resources that come in, we are supplying those resources to these agencies and saying, here's the families who want to adopt. Here's the families who want to foster. Here's here's a bunch of mattresses. Here's diapers. Here's volunteers. And so we're helping to lift their load. Yeah. I, I really noticed when I was at DCS that everybody's working so hard and so well intended. Everybody in this community, but if we stay in silos, it isn't going to happen. Boy, that's the key right there, Vicky. I am so glad you said that. Vicky Isaac is the president and CEO of We Are Their Future. You've heard me talk uh, numerous times with numbers and numbers of people that are uh, have a heart for this segment of our society. And you talk about missions, you know, the, the greatest mission is right in our own backyard. And uh, there is something that you can do. But for somebody, maybe you don't really understand the uh, problem or you don't understand what's really going on. I mean, I've had 
you know, a child sat across from me in the studio talking about how the, the backpack that they had just received was one of the greatest gifts because that was their home. I mean, literally. And I, how, how, how do you if I could put that child in front of everybody listening to me right now, uh, we couldn't we would really have to work to to find a place for all the money that would be given. I can't do that, but you have to allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you right now. What is it that you can do? But Vicky, for that person that's that hasn't had that child sitting across from them and doesn't know what's going on, give us a little bit of behind the curtains for some of these kids. Okay, well, I can tell you the story of Rick and Troy. I met them uh, when Troy was 13. I was at National Adoption Day down at the courthouse. Well, actually, I met them before that. But anyway, at eight. Uh, Troy had already been in and out of six foster homes, Uh, you know, just bounced and bounced. And by that time, he figured, I'm not staying any place. So he just quit unpacking. Hmm. He kept his stuff in a bag, in a garbage bag. And then from there, he went into group homes and he just figured, hey, you know what? It's just the babies that get adopted. I'm just not going to have a family. At 13, a single man Hmm. found him on a website and said, I can be his dad. Six months later, he was his dad. I interviewed them again in April. He had his first Thanksgiving. He had his first Christmas. He's out of special ed. He wants to be a child psychiatrist Mm. and give back to help kids. And what he said was, I never have experienced a family or this kind of love. I didn't know what it was. And he was giving up. Last year, over 500 kids aged out of the system without a family. It's yeah. never too late. It's never too late. And there, wow, there's just no lack of things uh, that need to be done. Uh, Vicki, we've got about four minutes left here. Uh, give us some practical steps that we can take. What, what are some things that you're talking about here? Okay, so uh, let's just start with the four things, because I say everyone can do something. Can you foster a child? If you can, go on our website, put your name in. We'll send you an email and say, here's what it takes. Mm -hmm. Same thing with adoption, if you can adopt. Now, not everybody can foster and not everyone can adopt. But these agencies that are serving the foster community, just under 17,000 kids, short-staffed. So another quick example, um, Arizona Helping Hands, who's working with us, they have mattresses Mm. and they have birthday presents for foster care. And the DCS office on the West Valley didn't know that. And so Mm. even if they had, they wouldn't have time to get over to Scottsdale and get it. So what if you had a truck? And what if you could drive over to grandma who suddenly has three kids who, uh, and no mattresses. Mm-hmm. What if what if you could put those mattresses in your truck? Yeah. Or what if you could come wrap those birthday gifts? Or what if you could mentor? What if you have all, who's gonna teach these kids to cook right. or fish or read? Many of them fall behind in school. What skill sets do you have that you can bring to the table to tell these kids they're not forgotten, that they're loved, that they matter, and that we're gonna make a difference so that they have a future? One of the things, uh, Mary and I, we don't have children, so I have no experience. But here's something that I've learned in volunteering for some different things. It's incredible what happens when you show up. I mean, just showing up, say, hey, I'm here. Yep, absolutely. That that can literally change a child. I watched a young woman uh, from the time I showed up at a camp up north 
barely able to speak and even look up to that by the end of the night. She was having a great time with and it was just by saying, hey, you know, I'm here because you're important. Absolutely. And so there's the volunteer piece, the foster piece, the adoption piece, and then there's the donate piece. It's costing us about $25 to find a family to say yes. Okay. And so that's actually good. It's fabulous. And it's so much more cost effective than what's currently taking place. So I did the math. If we had $2.4 million, uh, we could take care of two-thirds of the kids in the system, which is about really eventually how many will be needing adoptive homes. That's amazing. But 25 bucks helps us find one family. And everybody can do 25 bucks. Where do people need to go again? It's wearetheirfuture.org. We're going to have to get more updates from you. Uh, we'll, we'll, we can use the phone uh, and we can uh, tell more stories. But thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. I, I'm, I'm passionate about this. We can't forget these kids. It's, we have to say these are our kids. For questions or comments, please email Tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's Tom at faithtalk1360.com.